I'm Amber Harper from the Burned In Teacher Podcast and a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, listeners, welcome back to Get Inspired and Innovate. Today, we're going to talk about getting outside the box with Google. So, Stephanie, as everybody knows from listening to our podcast, I'm outside the box all the time. I'm usually outside the universe with stuff that I'm talking about or working with. So uh, how, how are you getting outside the box and how are you training your teachers to get outside the box using Google tools? One of the favorite ways that I like to use Google outside the box is just talking with teachers and just sitting there and just having a big brainstorm dump about what is their lesson goals and then what is the thing that we're trying to do. Um, so some of my favorite things right now is using edu protocols in the classroom. And I know we've had John on before, but just looking at those different protocols and thinking about ways, how can we get kids creating? How can we use slides for not a presentation tool? How can we use sheets for not, you know, collecting data and thinking outside of the box in those different ways? Because Google was created for those purposes, but there's so many different things that you can do, such as like customizing the page setup in Google Slides and Google Draw and those different kinds of things. Um, I just went to ISTE a couple of weeks ago and Tony Vincent was there. And Tony Vincent, we know, is always thinking outside the box. So I stole a couple of his templates, too, where he had like invisible answers that would pop up to give kids immediate feedback and that kind of stuff. Lance? Yeah, so uh, first off, you know, the, the traditional, we think of Google Sheets as like uh, for, for data and putting stuff there, Google Slides for making presentations, and Google Drawings for like, uh, you know, picture editing and things like that. But, you know, I like to think of like, especially working with, let's say, uh, our special populations. With Google Sheets, I like to go in and make them hyperlinks, clickable links every day. This is their list straight down the page. Because as great as Google Classroom is, at times it can become confusing because some things are in the stream, some things are in assignments, you know, you're going back and forth. For those students, if you've got a, a sheet that's got link, you know, day one, here's all your links. Day two, here's all your links. And I know a lot of you like to talk about hyperdocs and things like that too. But if it's on a sheet and it's one clickable thing and it's just straight down the page, I think that it works a lot better for those guys. For Google Slides, again, presentations is generally what we think. But instead of doing hyperdocs, I like to use hyperslides. The reason for that is, is I can lock my students into my slideshow presentation. We're not having to link out to everywhere across the world through a hyperdoc, but I can keep them all there, keep all the information kind of in one place, keep the flow that I want it. You know? And then I'll assign students certain slides and things like that. We're all working together. So I think that hyperslides is, is a great way to do that. Later in the show today, we're going to talk about using some stop motion. I've got some stop motion examples I'm going to use. I love using stop motion with, with slides also. And the last Google Drawings, I like to do graphic organizers to my Google Drawings uh, so that students can get in there, collect all their ideas, put it all in one place. We'll do some Venn diagrams, note taking, some drag and drops and things like that with Google Drawings. Really like to use Google Drawings for that. And the last thing, this is something that's kind of new, and I don't know if everybody knows about this now, but... Uh, Chromebooks now with the latest OS has a picture editor that's in there. So it's not real powerful. You can crop pictures. You can, you know, change the uh, saturation, the hues, all that. But there's some really neat things in there that you can do with that. So on the new OS, you do have a picture editor. When you open the picture up, 
you'll have the edit icon up top if you're on the latest OS. Yeah, and I think too with remote learning since COVID, a lot of changes have been made with people. They're like, oh, I need to use Google in outside of the box ways to get my lesson and point across to my students. Um, so I'm really excited to bring on today's guest so we can talk more about different ways and different ideas in using different Google products to help us innovate. Yep, so we have Miss Bethany Rogers joining us today. She is a Google certified level educator one, level two, a Google certified trainer. She's joining just south of me in LaGrange, Georgia. She's a former language arts and reading teacher. She's now doing computer science with fifth grade students and she has her own podcast that she is doing. So welcome to the show, Bethany. Hey, I'm really glad to be here with y'all. Yeah, yeah. So uh, talk to us about how you're working with teachers and your students to use Google outside the box in your classrooms and their classrooms. Um, so one of the big things that happened uh, that COVID brought was this push where our county really realized that Google was really useful and they wanted all the teachers to get trained on it. And getting your level one certification is really great. And I highly recommend that everybody do that. But then it was just kind of left. And the teachers weren't really sure what to do at that point, because once they got that, they knew the basics of how to use everything. Um, so what I have been doing is working on things with the kids that I work with. I work with all the fifth graders in the whole school. And then I let the teachers know every unit what we're doing and give them ideas of how you could use this in every single content area. So that way I'm kind of going through and working out the kinks and teaching how to use it so that if they wanted to roll it out in the classroom, they don't have to work so much on the how to's and like doing stop motion animation. How specifically does that work in slides? They can go ahead and give the assignment and then the students can work on the assignment without having to go back and spend, you know, however long to like teach those small little technical pieces. What I really love is that you were communicating back and forth with the teacher um, because I don't, I know it's happening, but I don't know if it's happening to that extent of, hey, this is what I'm doing and this is how your kids could use it in the classroom. So I really love that because I think sometimes when we're like, stop motion, teachers are like, I can't use that in my ELA class and they can and it can really be impactful learning for kids. Teachers have really appreciated that. I mean, there are still some teachers that they're hesitant because obviously it's scary, especially when you don't really know as much about it, but the kids do, but you don't want to look like, you know, you don't know as much. So at that point, I offer to come in and see if I can just get coverage for my class so I can be in the class with them so that I can handle any glitches that happen to just anything I can do to alleviate the fear and the stress so that they can really get to see what the tools can do. And one thing too that, that I know we struggled with in the beginning and it sounds like you're taking care of a lot of those problems is uniformity. Um, you know, Google Classroom is, is a great place for a point of reference for us. Uh, but when we were working with, with our teachers in the first part, it was, hey, put your stuff in Google Classroom. Let me show you how to put stuff in there. But some would make HyperDocs, some would make HyperSlides, some of them would go in and put things in the stream, some of them would put it in the class workflow. Uh, and, you know, parents, because things weren't uniform and the same across the district, got a little confused at first. Uh, so are, are you helping with that? And how are you helping with that to keep it so that, you know, the parents can understand everything that's going on and know where to go to? 
So what um, what the decision was is that the teachers would get to decide if they wanted to invite the parents or if they didn't want to, because right now we're in a hybrid mode. Um, not what you would traditionally think of that way, but we do have virtual kids and they have a virtual teacher, but then there are kids in the classroom at the same time. So the virtual kids are doing more with um, the guardians in classroom than the teachers in the school doing face-to-face. -face. But I always tell them, if you ever have a question, let me know. And we have somebody who um, their whole job is kind of to filter like parent questions and concerns and things like that. That's obviously a new role that we have this year because we've never had anything like this before. And I mean, she'll email me or text me constantly. And my job is very flexible. So I can usually get back to her quickly with, you know, help with that. And we've already had the discussion about when we come back from Christmas, it would probably be very beneficial to create a new Google Classroom because it gets very clogged. And I always recommend like every nine weeks, but some of the teachers, you know, that's, that's a lot of extra work for them. And so they don't feel as comfortable, but it's easier for the kids because then they're not filtering a whole, you know, half of a year or a whole year's worth of stuff and trying to find assignments in there. Yeah, and I used to do the same thing when, when I used, I actually use Canvas now, but when I used Google Classroom in the past, uh, I would make one for every nine weeks because as you said, if you do a whole year, you've got a whole year's of content to move around to go through, you know, load times even. People don't think about the load time. It's gonna load each one of those tiles, that item for the student and for the teacher. So it's easier if you'll just do like a nine weeks at a time. So Stephanie, to you, uh, what are y'all doing for uniformity? Because like I said, this is something we struggled with. Uh, do y'all have a what you want every day's lesson to kind of look like the template format frameworks? Yeah, so over the summer, we brought in Catlin Tucker to do some professional learning with our teachers and it was really beneficial. Um, it was optional, so only teachers that were interested in attending attended. So we probably had maybe 60%, I would say, of attendance rate. And then those teachers just kind of communicated what they learned to the other teachers. Um, but how our schedule is set up right now is we're hybrid. And so we have kids Monday, Tuesday, and then another cohort on Thursday, Fridays. So Wednesday mornings are spent for planning. All of our teachers meet together. Um, they've created a master class because um, we use Google Classroom. And then they will make copies and reuse those different posts to kind of help with the instructions and adding the assignments. And then they're able to customize for their own students. So maybe they know this student's on an IEP and they're gonna need this accommodation for this assessment or this assignment. So they're able to do that. Um, but it has been so beneficial having that Monday or Wednesday morning times to just meet and collaborate. And they're all comfortable on Google Meets now because um, that was a huge struggle, I think, at the beginning of COVID where people were like, I'm not turning on my video. Um, my hair is a mess. And then that just completely went away. <laughs> that feeling of I don't care what I look like anymore. Um, so it's been really beneficial, that common planning time, but it has to be scheduled for teachers. And I think in a normal year, that's not really happening as much as we wanted it to happen, where now teachers are asking and saying, I need this, who has this, I need a video. And they don't care that their kids aren't watching their own video. They're fine with another teacher down the hall doing a really good instructional video and using that video. Um, and that takes a lot 
I mean, that's a control issue. <laughs> um, and I would have issues with it because I'd be like, I want my kids to see me and only me, but there's so many great videos out there on YouTube that we have to let go of some of those control things that we have. You know, and we've got, uh, you talk about control and teachers seeing you. Um, I was just doing lessons over zoom for a while and other teachers weren't. And, uh, you know, they, they started coming to me and saying, hey, you know, I would love just to have your Zoom videos to send to my remote kids because we're in a hybrid situation too. Some are at school, some are at home, you know, so they didn't have to recreate the whole wheel. And, and it was teachers that was coming to me and asking me, or asking me for these videos. And I'm thinking, I'm not for sure that you like the way that I even teach this. So, because, you know, when you're in those, I, I know y'all don't have this going on in English, but in math, it's like, you know, this is the way I teach this. But everybody else is like, no, that's the wrong way. This is the way I teach this. But it seems like now that we're in this situation, it's like, hey, I just need something. Will you help me out? And we're all, you know, bartering and trading and everything just to, to help one another out. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we're going to go to our next segment, which is our meme and quote segment. So, Bethany, what meme or quote did you bring this week? Okay, so um, I know it has like grown a lot in popularity and everybody is probably like dying that there's not a new season this month. But I love Stranger Things for so many reasons. And my favorite quote is from Mr. Clark, where he tells the kids that once you open the curiosity door, the possibilities are endless. Because that is exactly what our job is, pretty much. Because that's exactly how innovation happens. If you're curious and you're going to keep searching for a way to make something happen, and if you're like me, um, no is not the answer that you're going to accept on the fact that it can't happen. So you're going to find a way to make it happen, no matter how many workarounds or whatever you have to do. That's how innovation occurs. And I feel like it, it's just so perfect for this year, too, because our, our jobs are so different. The things we're doing are so different. But essentially, we're still trying to guide our students and make them curious about things so that they will want to learn more and seek these things that we're bringing to them. Bethany, I have to admit, I haven't, I watched like half of the first episode of Stranger Things and just oh. didn't do it. I tried. You have to keep, it's really so bizarre in the beginning. You're like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> but if you keep going with it, it just really like kind of catches you because it's so different. Right. Um, at Definitely. my school, we have, we're the warriors. So we have tribes. So everybody gets to make a t-shirt. And it's always has whatever theme you want or whatever. And the one that I taught on for the last um, several years when I did language arts, their theme this year, Stranger Things. So they actually have this quote on the back of it. So all the kids and all the teachers on the tribe get this shirt. And every Friday, this is what they wear to like represent their tribe to the whole school. Wow. Stephanie, have you watched Stranger Things? Uh, what do you think? I'm going to say no. No. <laughs> I don't watch TV or movies really. Yeah. Um, so mine is the mind that opens to a new idea never returns to its original size. And I feel like this has been my week. This past week is I have this idea and it's probably like this tiny little idea. And then I start talking to other people and I'm like, well, wouldn't this be cool? Wouldn't this be awesome? And then it just grows into something huge. And then I'm like looking at it and I'm like, this is supposed to be like, 
really quick. And now it's going to take me a ton of time to plan, but it's going to be awesome. Um, so I just feel like once you do have an idea and you share it with others and just keep collaborating, it just keeps building and building and building. Lance? Yeah. So, so mine is imagination is endless. And, you know, really what brought this to, to mind for me, uh, I've been doing a lot of study over the, uh, the COVID vaccinations and things like that that's going on. Uh, and for our listeners that are out there, uh, if you haven't looked at the, the research behind, uh, especially Pfizer, that's the one that I've been looking into the most. Uh, it's really unique how they come about uh, this vaccine. It's kind of like they've wrote a computer program, like an antivirus, to go into your RNA to recognize the virus and then to attack it and kill it when they see it. So, uh, you know, when, when I start thinking about, you know, computer science, kind of like what you're, you're teaching there, Bethany, uh, it's kind of leading into a, a new field right now into, uh, you know, vaccinations and things like that. And then Moderna, if I'm saying that properly, uh, is similar to it, uh, a little different, but, uh, you know, Bill Gates is kind of behind that one. So you can think Bill Gates, Microsoft, you know, it's going to be, you know, technology based. So uh, just a question for both you guys. What, what, what's y'all's feeling on, on the vaccines? Are going to get it, not going to get it on the fence about it? Um, I'm just honestly so tired of having to wear masks everywhere right now. Like I've, I'm just so done with all of it that I do feel like I'm at the point where like, if that's what I have to do to be able to just like live life again, then, you know, cause they've already started dispensing it in other countries before us. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of, that's, and I, I don't know. I just kind of feel like when God decides it's my time, it's my time. There you go. It's not really going to matter. So, <laughs> yeah, Stephanie, what do you think? Um, I don't know. I usually, I mean, I haven't had COVID. Have you, Lance? Yes. Um, I tested negative, but we're pretty for sure that I did. Okay. See, I haven't had it. So I'm like, I don't know how bad this is. And I know like a couple people that have had it and they're really sick for like two days. And so I'm like, do I want to be sick? for like two days or I don't know what to do um well I laid on a couch for two weeks and couldn't move I also like (laughs) if I have a headache I don't take medicine like I just I'm not one that usually takes medicine and stuff so I don't know what I'll do yeah I did get the flu shot but that was because of AJ (laughs) yeah well I've never had a flu shot uh and I'm on I'm on the fence about this one too so yeah uh, Bethany we're gonna let you be our guinea pig and you report back to (laughs) us how it goes Uh, I hear it's going well uh, I mean but you know, anyway, so, you know, I, that's innovation though. That's, that's what it, what it means to me. And I think that we're going to continue to grow leaps and bounds from here. All right. So we're going to go on and what's something that you've learned that can be innovative for tomorrow, Bethany? Um, gosh, I think there's just so much like what you were just talking about with the vaccines. I feel like this is what I preach to my kids all the time because my class is one of those um, specials or electives, or you might call them connections. They're all forced to be there. So I always tell them, you know, we might do something today you don't love, but tomorrow you might love something. And I just like giving them exposure to things because you never know when you're going to get a step ahead because of exposure to this product or this app or something like that. So I feel like there is innovation all around us. If you just like keep your eyes open and you're honestly like always seeking new information, you'll find something that you didn't really realize was done in such a cool way. 
Yeah, that is a really good point. Um, so mine is kind of going back to that little idea that um, I'm going to say Abbott had. Um, so he had an idea of doing a beginner's guide to G Suite. And I quickly took his idea and it's now 10 video series. <laughs> um, so this is what I was kind of talking about, I guess. Um, so over next week, we're going to be doing a beginner's guide to G Suite. And it's just going to go quickly over all the different products. And it's more for the administrators and um, office staff. Those kind of people are the audience because I think we sometimes leave them out. So it's not going to be really focused on teachers. Um, but it was just really crazy how you can take that idea and you have 10 videos of 20. You know, I think there's like 15 different people helping with this series. Um, so it's really cool when you do and involve others. Lance? All right, so I've got uh, six different stop motions uh, here. Some of these I stole, some of these I made. Uh, so the uh, on the left is the example of the Google Slides that it took to make these. Uh, on the on the right is if you actually click on them, they will play. Uh, so I've got you know like uh, an area, irregular figures, a vocab, some water cycle solving equations, uh, and like I said, I stole some of these from from Eric Kurtz. Uh, a few other people, some of these my students made. Uh, so when you click on them, you can, it'll just autoplay for the examples. The slides examples are the slides that it took to make that. If you want to, you can just make a copy of the slides examples. That way you can go through it, change what you want to change. And then after you do that, you just go to file, publish to the web, and then you have to change the milliseconds for the slides to work right. So uh, neat little trick you can use here with Google Slides. And I love like showing the kids the behind what it looks like because they were like that took a hundred and some slides and I'm like yeah like it's it's not one slide <laughs> no, no. Um, so thank you so much for listening to get inspired and innovate Bethany how can people connect with you so I am on Twitter Instagram and I have a Facebook group and a podcast and um, everything's pretty much under teaching with tech the G is a nine in teaching. So it's a little, you know, I don't know who you connect with if you type a G in there, but most of the time you can find me on Instagram more than anything else. So I love connecting with people, send me messages. I check all my DMs and I always respond. So. So make sure you connect with Bethany if you want to think outside of the box with Google. And of course, everything that we talked about will be in our show notes at getinspiredinnovate.com. Thanks for listening.